Hello and welcome to the Monday Night War Story presents the pay-per-view war stories. And this week we're doing WWF Fully Loaded 1999. I'm your host, Joseph Lessel, and I'm alongside with the Human Wrestling Database, Corey Mack. Hey, hey. And No Souls Living Legend, Mike Boop. Hi, everybody. How's everybody doing tonight? Uh, pretty good, considering, uh... We don't usually look forward to a lot of these pay-per-views. I'm fully loaded. Are you Ooh. fully loaded? Are you ready to let your knowledge out and explode? I feel like you're trying to make this dirty. Yeah, just a little bit. It's a PG show. Oh, I apologize. Motherfucker. <laughs> Gee golly. <laughs> Gee golly willikers. <laughs> Smuckers. So, fully loaded are... I would just say the main event tonight is going to be The Undertaker and Stone Cold, but mm-hmm. we're going to get to that in a little bit. But first... Let's do the final Sunday night heat. Well, hold on. Hold on. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I have decided. What? For myself, at least. I'm not going to hold you guys to it, because one, you have to go through YouTube, probably. But I've got the complete run of Sunday night heat, <laughs> so I will be watching the live heats before the pay-per-view. Okay. 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 Very That's not weekly. That's fine. No, I'm not doing weekly. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, I draw the line there. Saturday night, Yes. Heat, no. Tradition. No. <laughs> uh, but I figure for the live ones that yeah. are going to have matches, if we're going to go back and I'm going to do a retrograde, it needs to be the complete show. Yes. Okay. So I will be I will be doing that. Um, I'm, I, I'm 100% behind you doing that. Just and the I, live uh, shows. But don't worry, Joe. For you especially, I will look to see if they're on YouTube. Yeah, I know you will. And uh, update yeah. you accordingly. You're gonna, you're, right. You just want to haunt me for the rest of my life with heat. Right. So let's talk about this heat. Oh, it's a doozy. It's a doozy. July 25th, 1999. From? Like, from? The Marine Midland Arena in Buffalo. I love arenas that have classic names. It's probably now the fucking J.C. Penny Center or the Gottschalks Arena or some shit like it's that. It's the Hot Topic Arena. Yeah, no. but uh, I love it. Marine Midland Arena. That's just cool, man. The Key Bank Center. God, God damn, damn it. it. I knew it's it. a bank. God I knew it was something fucking it. corporate. <laughs> Fucking sellout. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start this Sunday night heat off. July 20th, 1999. So they had two? No, it's now called the Key Bank Center. Yeah, but the Key Arena in Seattle was also from Key oh, Bank. Yeah. Well, right they now there's two? two There's two Mercedes-Benz Superdomes. Two domes right now, Jesus currently. So <laughs> it happens. <laughs> uh, we start Sunday night heat off with a history of uh, Stone Cold and Vince's feud. It's going to be an end of an era. Surprised they didn't use that term a lot more than they did. Let's start the night off hot, shall we? <laughs> well, it depends on your definition of hot, sir. Val Venus versus Joey Abs. I do not call that hot. With the Mean Street Posse. Uh, Tess comes out and attacks the Posse. Val wins. Tess attacks oh. Joey Abs. After the match, tries to break his ankle, but the Posse chases him off with chairs like a true baby face. Hold on, hold on, sir. Uh, I gave this half a star. Okay. I said basically a short backdrop to the Test Posse feud. Yep. But what I wanted to t- say, yes, Test came out. But did you see the big boot he gave? What was it, oh, Rodney on yes, the floor? Yes. Yes. Jesus Christ! <sighs> that that's one thing I've noticed this go around. Test's big boot is like that should be a finisher. I thought he killed him. Yeah. So the other thing I've noticed, uh, I mean, they're not by any means except for Joey Abs, classically trained. These dudes. To make up for that, we'll take fucking bumps. 
You know, I... I They're yes. like Shane, man. They will just throw their body off and into shit. And I remember reading a thing uh, where <laughs> the whole Mean Street Posse thing is a legit gimmick. Um, they, would, they, they all went to high school together. They all hung out together. They all played football together. But they were all, like, seriously... Yeah. They would look for fights. They were, like, they... None of them had any fear. They ran they the streets like, of Greenwich. Yeah. Pathetic it. But they would, they, would, they would be down. And they've proved it. They're here taking God off. I mean... That kick was fucking horrendous. <laughs> yeah, Fuck, it was. dude. And I just, Joe, just in case you do need it to know, next week's heat is on the motions of daily. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Be expecting a rundown on that, sir. Why? Why do this to me? <laughs> Why are you doing? I was out. I was out. And we pulled you back in. Son of a. Hell bitch. yes. Son of a bitch. All right, we're going to go uh, with a montage of the history of DX and who is the real DX. Uh, we have JR uh, interviewing X-Pac and Road Dogg. We have King interviewing, uh, interviewing Mr. Ass and China. Uh, they have them ask, they ask, each group ask them a question like, hey, what does DX mean to you? The faces, X-Pac and Road Dogg, loyalty, friendship, this, this. Heels, what DX means. Heels, money. That's what <laughs> ching, DX means. <laughs> ching, uh, I totally agreed with the heel yeah. interview. Um, first of all, I feel like they missed out on a awesome uh, opportunity yeah. by having Jr. interview the Hills. Oh, that yeah. way, he could have just confronted Billy about his tights right then and there in the locker room. We're gonna we'll get to that later on tonight. <laughs> Jesus um, Christ! Yeah. Uh, but speaking of Jesus Christ, let's go backstage. <laughs> Is he working next? <laughs> what? Well, <laughs> segue <laughs> segue to uh, Terry finally getting off her meat meat. Uh, telling him that Wait, he so who's Jesus in this scenario? <laughs> Terry Reynolds. Terry okay. Reynolds. As uh, he she was telling Meat that he was just okay tonight. Um, Damn. As they just had sex. I love the storyline with Meat that uh, at first it was PMS's sex. Yep. Like toy. Yep. It's really just Terry. Mm-hmm. Just Terry. The other two like feel bad for him. And like Ryan Shamrock's like no longer there now. Yeah, thank God. And Jacqueline's like comforting and consoling him. I like how it turned to no. It's just Terry is a just insatiable sex whore. Yep, and has to have her own piece of meat available twenty four seven, three sixty five. No wonder Dustin left. Give it a break. Well, you're smoking, but damn, only a select few could be so lucky. Right, like <laughs> let's ask New Jack, and now you better uh, go out and fucking wrestle with a sore ass dick. Yep. But first, let's do a countdown to the millennium. Three hundred sixty-two hours and thirty-nine minutes that and some spare change. I still don't think they understand when the millennium starts because I did seem my correct. I did my math again, and it still equals August 9th, like yeah. nine o'clock. What's no, no, no. Uh, let's hey, you know what? Maybe it's a Chinese millennium. That could be. Maybe that's what it is. It's the year of the uh, cock and balls. Let's see how this cock and balls does as we ask the fans who think they're going to win in the main event between Stone Cold and Undertaker. But mostly they talked about Vince McMahon. <laughs> yep. If you're Undertaker, you're like, so I, why am I here? Uh, there, there's going to be more of that. Um, uh, let's go to our next match on Heat. It's Meat with Terry and Jackie versus The Godfather. Commentary brings up that Meat is just a sex slave. Godfather wins with a pimp drop. After the match, Terry pours a pitcher of water down Meat's trunks. Corey? A quarter of a star. Oh. Here's what I wrote. Nothing to see here. Yep. 
Yep. Otherwise known as the G1 B block. Yep. Let's talk about the history of The Rock and Triple H. Is that oh, they're please, having a strap match tonight? Let's uh, do that. They break down the history of them being each being part of a uh, a faction, DX and Nation. Their battle for the IC title last year. Now Rock's been champion and Triple H wants it now. So let's go to one of I the can't more. Remember. Is that where it started? The feud was in the DX Nation thing. Nope. Is that oh, where no, they started? I have, a, I have a thing. Is that where they started the montage? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Oh, I've got a huge thing later. That annoys me because. Yeah. Uh-huh. They did great stuff before that. <laughs> yep. Uh, but let's go over to one of the more uh, infamous, infamous, uh, infamous, 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 infamous sciatica. No, uh, infamous uh, Triple H interviews with JR. Triple H says he wants to be WF champion at SummerSlam. This is history, folks. He doesn't need to be, he doesn't need the click. He doesn't need DX anymore. He brings up uh, MSG. He said that he went out there and he said goodbye to his friends, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, and he's the one that got punished. He's tired of being held back. It was four years ago. I got to play JR here. It was four years ago. Who gives a shit? You're damn right. It was four years ago, and it's eaten in my stomach ever since. Uh, I memorized this thing when I was 19. mm -hmm. Um, uh, People think they're the student of the game. I am the game. Uh. The That's first time he referenced himself as the game. And a throwaway line. It was a throwaway line. was supposed to mean it's a good line, nothing. But, yeah. And much like Sako a year earlier, yeah, the fans just, were like, no, that's something. That's something. Um, What's that J- happen these days? Uh, JR brings up Jesse Ventura and Triple H like, to hell with him. You can promote him all you want, but at SummerSlam, it's all about me. <sighs> it, this was so good. It, it was a money promo. <sighs> yeah. These are those promos that I miss with current day wrestling. There's no. Well, it wasn't scripted. Well, that too. I, miss, talk. That I too. miss all of this from current day oh, wrestling. I do too. But it, you know what I mean? Like, it's not. Even though it, it, well, it's not scripted. I could go without meat. Yeah, I could. <laughs> I would die. Going vegetarian. Yeah. Very nice. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, there's nobody going. Nobody in wrestling today in any organization that says, I want to be champion i'm tired of being second rate i want to be the champion and i'm gonna do whatever the hell i want to be champion adam cole did okay but not to this extent well no but yeah you're true but yeah different different times different, different time yeah. different place but yeah but, but you know what i mean like there's sh- there should be always a constant someone going i want to be champion actually but- you know what i was gonna say hmm. champa champa kind of did too and it all goes back to who's running nxt Mm-hmm. Notice on NXT ran by the guy we're putting over. The guy's like, I will do anything to be champion. I give a damn about the championship. That's what I need. That's what I want. That's what I care about. Yeah. Triple yeah. H. Champa's yeah. entire character was him being creepy obsessed with a belt. Yeah. Goldie. Goldie. Yeah. And Gargano. Gargano Same on the champ. Yeah. Cole. Like, it's it, all been. And it, yeah, okay. So we can say NXT at some parts. Yeah. Sometimes there is always, there's always somebody in NXT gunning for that title. Balor. Yeah. Just recently, you know, and it's their sole focus. Yeah. It's their, yeah, it's very much Triple H's running that go. particular okay. show on the main roster. It's like, oh, I don't care about the belt. Remember, I mean, for years, Cena would come out the next night, joke and laugh about losing, like, ha ha, I lost last night. Who cares, right? And it's like, well, that's that's how you devalue shit. Like, who gives a fuck if you don't? Yeah. AAWs, they're doing constant tournaments. Yeah, it, it means something to hold the belt. Mm-hmm. And 
mean, they just did a grueling 20 or month long tournament for the right to challenge for the belt in New Japan. Like, it's not, it's not hard. Mm-hmm. Ring of Honor is doing a classic fucking tournament for the right to be a champion. Yep. So it's easy. All these other companies are doing it. <laughs> yeah. This one, one company that seems to have gone away from what made them great. <laughs> what, were we, what we're talking about right now? Why? Why? <laughs> when we could have title matches in swamps and Home Alone skits in vans? That's what draws the people in. I mean, that's why I watched. <clears throat> but let's see what drew the fans in tonight. As they, we, once again, we asked them, who's going to win the main event? Austin or Undertaker? Guessing they didn't say Undertaker. The Bulldog, whether he wants to win or not. <laughs> How was that? Thank you, uh, British girl. You see, <laughs> they, they, they found her. They found that's her. That's awesome. I know. But let's do a review, a rewind of GTV with the Mystery Men crew all over again from last Monday. I wanted to gouge my eyes out with a rusty fork. Uh, Undertaker and Paul Bear show up as they're wearing their normal street clothes, which has been really weird since killing the gimmick, brother. You know what I mean? Like he for the past two months. (laughs) For the past two months, (laughs) Taker has shown up in his robe and all this and that, right? But here comes Taker wearing a vest, no shirt. Paul Bear's wearing a blue and white striped polo. It, a it, big one. It doesn't make sense tonight. I do like the fact that they did it, though. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you've yeah. been doing it for like three months now. Now, yeah. Uh, let's go to our main event for Heat. That's this Christian versus Viscera. Mm. Uh, big guy versus little guy type match. However, Gangrel comes down, spits blood into Vishra's eye, and Christian gets me one last dollar with a roll up. So, so that's, that's how uh, Heat ends. Yeah. That's, well, there's well, some there's some more left, but uh, but I mean like match wise, yes. Our era of Joe watching Heat. That's the last match. Ends with that. <laughs> oh no! You remember, there's the ma- the demotions of daily. That have no. next uh, week's on. Yeah, no, I forgot that already. <laughs> uh, we get a montage <laughs> once again of. You're oh, killing so my I apologize. Brother. A quarter of a star. Uh, three quarters of a oh, star. Okay. For this How one. dare you, viscera, sir? And uh, <laughs> yeah, it was basically just a thing to further the brood split. Christian looks like he's in the middle. So is he stuck in the middle? They keep doing. And WCW announcers are guilty of it. These people are guilty of it. What's in the what liquid did he spit? What what the fuck do you think he spat? This whole goddamn gimmick is he drinks blood, right? Heroin, <laughs> it's fucking blood. Kool Aid, man. What does Sting want? Yeah, <laughs> Kurt Henning. <laughs> For uh, some reason, I was gonna yell head. <laughs> head. I was like, wait a minute. That, uh, maybe <laughs> I mean I was, was cross pollinating wrestlers here. Yeah. Uh, Does Dallas know the fake Sting every time? Yes, <laughs> checks out. Uh, we get a montage of the history between Austin and Undertaker with Vince. Oh, my God. And then we get a uh, backstage promo with JR and Stone Cold. However, Undertaker attacks Austin right away and busts him open as Shane and Vince are looking on with a smile on their face. And a boner. <laughs> that too. Boner alert. So let's get to WF fully loaded 1999, but in Buffalo, New York. However, Corey, how did we get here? We got here through constant repetition. Um, <laughs> I'll break that down later. But yes, we're getting Austin and Taker one more time. I thought that uh, last year's SummerSlam, the highway to hell was going to be it. We're getting Rock and Triple H one more time. Dan, they face each other at last year's SummerSlam too. <laughs> yes, they did. We're getting more specialty matches for Shamrock because we're having trouble figuring out what the hell to do with them. One more time. Okay, okay. 
We're running back Kane and Big Show, even though last month was an abortion. <laughs> <laughs> it's all built around Austin and McMahon, which is kind of fucked up. The fact that Taker is the one wrestling and bleeding. But at this point, the corporate ministry's done. He's really just happens to be there. So he's taking the place of The Rock. Yes. And this big man, Austin. Yeah. It, and this is why part of what I said yes, last week when we talked about revelations over the first 200 shows of the war stories. Austin and McMahon feels tired and played out this time through to me by this point, especially because it's like they had one match and now you're just using top flight stars and just placing them in the place of McMahon. But they're not really benefiting from it. Rock didn't really benefit from it much. He was turning face before the Austin thing happened anyway. Taker hasn't benefited from it. That title reign was shit. Mm -hmm. And look, he's already morphing into a new character, it looks like. So it just feels like it needs to be done. It it does. And so this brings up the stage. So the stage is photos of... Austin, Vince, and Undertaker. In like this V in like, shape. In a V shape. It looked like like the like a diamond from like WrestleMania's yeah. promo, you know, like the stage all the way down. Yeah. However, my question to you guys why is it that Undertaker is there, his photo, okay, Vince is busted open, and Stone Cold's photo, he's busted open. But we have opposing Undertaker. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know what I mean? It, it's it's dead man can't bleed. That was weird. It's the match. Like to me, the match is Stone Cold versus Vince, and Undertaker's this there. I will say this, though. and that's this whole feud with these guys. I will say I love that entrance ramp or the the whole look. I love the three pictures. I love the Vince one. I would love to own that. <laughs> that is so cool looking. Yeah, I like. I wish more. Pay per view entrant or sets were like this nowadays. It doesn't have it's to be simple. You don't need all the LED. You don't need the LED lights anymore. Just, like I, like this was awesome. It was, a, it was a cool, and you remember it too. Yeah, I vividly remember this this entrance. And that's one of those things of like, it's funny to me with current day WWE that you want they want to save money. How do they save money? Well, we go to the Thunderdome. We do this, this, this. If you just do simple. Entrance ramps. You're going to save a lot more money. Plus, it, it, it dawned on me too. I thought of something. Wrestlers were a hell of a lot more over. Yeah. When they didn't have to rely on the ramp and the lights as part of their entrance to make them over. That should only be used once a year at WrestleMania. It really, yeah. It doesn't need to be that. That's when you should have a special entrance. Yeah, that's one thing I hate about the Thunder. They're like, oh, we can have... It'll be WrestleMania-level entrances every week. Well, that makes them pretty fucking non-special. Well, it sucks for WrestleMania, then. Yeah, cool. what are you going to do with WrestleMania now? Fucking just go back to the to the 80s. They come out of a black curtain. <laughs> a moving ring. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, what I said la- in last week's uh, on the 200. I missed the Nitro set. It's just simple. Yeah. Even though it was a little built up, yeah. simple. I missed the old Raw set, R-A-W. The old, oh, the 96 era. Yeah. 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 Simple. Simple is better. Um, you want to go further back? I kind of miss the original Raw set from 92, 93 WWF. The light with the lighting? The, the light. I, I miss that, too. I miss that. Yeah, I do that, I do that it was, too. It was, I remember at the time, we were like, ooh, they're getting fancy. Yeah. Now you're like. <laughs> and like with this stage, with this stage too, 
It was you come out at an angle. It looks like you're at the. Um, you have to turn to get past it's Vince. It's like and then Super go. Brawl. That's yeah, like a, that's like a thing for them. They like that setup. Like at Mania's Rumbles, they do that weird the arc angle. Thing. Yeah. Well, look at Super Brawl. If you go back to any of them, they have like the whole stage behind the angle. You know why they do that? The Cow Palace. Is that the Cow Palace? Yeah, the Cow Palace. Yeah. But you know why they do that? They can get more fans in. Back then, when it was about getting butts in seats, yep. instead of obstructing the view right there in the middle, just the tiny little corner, then all those people can still it, pay money. It, it's Fair. you know, like you know, it's funny too. Like, or we move on. We're talking about staging and stuff and the angle. The Royal Rumbles have been doing that lately because of the fact that they're coming baseball out of the games. dugout, they're coming out of baseball, which I love. It's so unique, and it's just like if you did that at any other pay per view. You can get more butts and seats if you had the product. Until they to do, do that. it from the Thunderdome in January this year coming up. Suppress me. Let's go back to Buffalo. All right, we're going to go back to Buffalo and let's do a Blue montage once again of Vincent uh, Austin. There is some Undertaker here. How awesome are these opening videos for pay per views in the 90s? I miss them. I miss these. Something they did better than anybody. Any show, any sport. It's just, it's what. They excel at. We have the difference between them and WCW. WCW just does a montage and flash montages. If even that. Even that. And then WWF is doing full narration and full background of why we're here. You know who, after this, do you know who carried the tradition on even when WWE quit uh, for years? Was TNA had these really good openings with that dude that had the cool voice that died recently. That sucks. But as I said, funny, the only thing they nailed. Yeah, he passed away like a month like, ago. Yeah, a month or two. The only thing they nailed was these openings. They were yep. just so good. Yeah. Then the bell rang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they gave us a recap of Sunday Night Heat, Undertaker attacking Austin, uh, busting him open. Then they show a live shot of the EMTs checking on Austin. He wants none of it. Uh, we go to Michael Shamrock's Cole. gimmick, brother. Yeah. Michael Cole uh, goes to Vince and Shane. Uh, uh, Cole thinks that uh, Vince is behind the attack, and they first go, who the hell do you think you are? Uh, accusing me, accusing my father with Shane, with Shane being there. Uh, but Vince guarantees that Stone Cold will be leaving tonight without the title. So let's go to our first match tonight, shall we, guys? <clears throat> Intercontinental Champion Jeff Jarrett with Deborah versus your Intercontinental Champion, Edge. Coming mm-hmm. in? Yep. I'll tell you the story real quick, if you don't know it. Uh, so the night before, they were in the Sky Dome. Edge's hometown. Tyrannic. Now, he was not originally supposed to wrestle Jarrett. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be Ken Shamrock. Ken Shamrock couldn't make it in some flight troubles, I guess. Yeah. And so they put Edge in his place, hometown and all. And what's the rule? What's rule number one in WWE house shows? Uh, faces always win. Replacements win. Replacements always win. So they figured, I mean, he's supposed to take on Jarrett the next night at the pay-per-view anyway. Mm-hmm. Let's do a one-day title reign. Fuck it. We want to put him over anyway. Pop the crowd. I did not know Edge had this title reign. No? I did not know oh, that. Wow. Yeah. This was, I was completely shocked when he came out. I was like, and the Intercontinental Champion, Edge. And they showed, like, photo stills from the yep. night before. I'm like, I never knew Edge won this. That's why one. I like watching this era right now with you guys, because there are going to be certain things that you've never seen before. And I'm going to be like, ooh. Yeah, this is new to me. Yeah, a one-day quickie rain. But, I mean, I guess to be able to do it in Toronto in front of his mom and family, that's pretty cool. Yeah. You know? They do bring up what, Corey, you have said about how Shamrock wasn't able to show up to the show. And then Edge replacing him. And he accidentally him. popped the blood 
condom in his mouth on the flight, and they thought he was seriously hurt, so they had to you know, touch down somewhere. Really? No. To be honest, he's such a fucking... He's obsessed with that gimmick, though, so I wouldn't be surprised. I was saying, he just has it. That in his wouldn't surprise. I was like, really? I was just saying that wasn't that really wouldn't surprise me. With, with Actually, Shamrock. before he eats steak, when he cuts it, he screams and eats the steak. <laughs> he's, <gasps> he's in the steak zone. <laughs> That's a cool marketing idea for a fucking steakhouse. Yeah, have Kid Shamrock there. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> he's so like, he puts the egg lock on a cow and cuts to them having beef. See, like if that had happened. If Sizzler would have done that, they wouldn't have filed bankruptcy. That's fair. Can we like DM Ken Shamrock and be like, hey, we're gonna open up a steak shop. Can you be our uh it's called the steak zone? It's yeah. Steak zone. And I want you to get in, get the, in the steak zone, zone, steak zone and like cut up the meat and like ah <laughs> He'd do it. Yeah, maybe. Uh so <laughs> yeah. for this match the bell rings and then instantly we want puppies chant because ah. what Deborah was uh, wearing. God I, I don't. damn it. 1999, uh, go fuck yourself. Yeah, right. Jarrett and uh, Jarrett tries to leave with Deborah on the belt as the crowd could only care for the puppies. Um, Edge work. Uh, I mean, Jarrett works on Edge's body parts, uh, his leg and his shoulder. Uh, Edge jumps off the turnbuckle. Maybe had twisted his knee. Uh, Edge gets thrown into the post, so his shoulder and knee. That's what he works on. Uh, Jarrett puts Edge in a sleeper hold for a good amount of time. Four minutes? Uh, so the four minute chokehold? Maybe. A goodly amount. Uh they do they they do the spot where Edge hits uh Jarrett with the back of his head, Jarrett falls, and then Edge falls into Jarrett's groin. Uh Edge gets thrown to the outside, but then the brood music hits and the lights begin to flash, lights come back on. Oh, Gangrel comes down, attacks Edge, light comes back on, and it's Edge is the one standing on top over Gangrel. Nope, nope. He's too smart. Yep. Uh, Edge hits the spear on Jarrett, but Deborah gets on the apron to distract Edge. Jarrett uh, punches Edge, and Edge falls into Deborah. Edge runs off the ropes, but Gangrel then pulls Edge's head over the top rope, allowing Jarrett to hit the stroke for the win. After the match, Jarrett calls himself the greatest Intercontinental Champion. Time, uh, 13 minutes and 20 seconds. I thought you were going to talk about the aftermath. Oh, we'll talk about the aftermath in a minute. Uh, I like this. I gave it three stars. thought it was a good opener to the pay-per-view. Um, I missed the days when they would do shocking title changes at house shows. Uh, nice little match with Double J getting the strap after what I consider to be kind of a goofy finish. Too, a little too much. You had Deborah, you had Gangrel. You had, and the lights on. go down. Smoke yeah. and mirrors. Let's just have a fucking match here. But um, good match. Intercontinental titles right back where it belongs on somebody who was treated respectfully and with can conf- oh, fuck oh. it. Uh, yes, these two don't need smoke and mirrors. No, nope, they don't. It's not a match you need. And also, uh, I feel like Corey does not agree that Jeff Jarrett's the greatest Intercontinental of all time. No. <laughs> so you know who else some, doesn't think so? Someone else doesn't either. <laughs> because, uh, we cut backstage to see the doctor telling the uh, ass and they need to work for this for a little bit. And he says, that's great. And then like he just... Books out of the room for some reason. No reason. He heard that Jarrett music. He heard so Jarrett. God damn it. He heard Jarrett call himself the greatest IC. So Stone Cold music hits and he bolts to the <laughs> ring and stunners Jeff Jarrett again. Again, it's the it's kind of the inverse of Sting and Alex Wright. Yep, yep. Where Sting was like, fuck this, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. Instead of that, with Austin, it's Jarrett. He's like, fuck this, I gotta kick his ass. I'm beating some ass. <laughs> like 
the fuck did Jared I, it's do? It's one of those things I did not see happening or coming. It's just like, okay, he sure, he wins. And then we cut back to Austin. And then he books out. I'm like, okay, weird. Maybe he's after the hunt for Undertaker. Since this nope, is it's Jared. Since this is my gimmick, I can tell you exactly what Jared did. Well, dare to get over? I know there is heat there uh, on Austin's part. Uh, back in the day when... Austin first started wrestling. He wrestled in Memphis for Jerry Jarrett, who was known for being stingy with the payoffs. That's a word. A lot of guys were known to be starving. I remember one at one point he had a he had a had a uh, like a locker room meeting and told all the guys they needed to get off the gas if they were on it because the you know they have problems. And Dutch Mantel spoke up and said, "Jesus, Jerry, half these people aren't even on food." <laughs> So the story goes that <laughs> one of his first weeks in the territory, Austin gets uh, his first check and looks at it, and he's less than enthralled. Yeah. And Jer- Jeff Jarrett, who's young, only like two years in the business, walks by and goes, the longer you stare at it, it ain't going to get bigger. Just, yeah, being a wrestler and doing a little bit. But, a rip. But Austin, he kind of remembered that. Yeah. Especially since Jarrett being the promoter's son, no doubt his checks were his checks are fine. Yeah, his checks were fine. And then, of course, in 1997, when Jarrett comes back, he cut that promo where he um, called out Austin for use of Austin 316 being blasphemous and all that. And that furthered it with Austin because that's taking money out of his pocket again because that could affect sales. And then in the summer of 99, they wanted Austin to work with Jarrett. And he said flat out no. He refused to because he wasn't a big enough star and he worked too light. He, Austin felt he was too light of a worker. It wouldn't be believable. So there's the heat. It's all, and plus, at this point, Austin and Deborah had started dating. Yep. So, and she's the biggest part of the character for Jared. So, more heat on the Austin side. Jared had no heat towards Austin, but Austin did not like Jared at all. Austin worked himself into a shoot, brother. Yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he did, dude. <clears throat> so, fuck Jared, I guess. Yep. So he runs yes. down again, stuns him for the 900th time in the past month. Then Austin gets the mic and says, uh, if he's going into the into the tonight's match with Stitches, Undertaker will too. Austin's going to go in the back and find Undertaker and bust him open. Bum, bum, bum. I will bold, say bold this for a first blood match. I will say this. I don't mind this situation no. of well, I you know the Austin's been busted open. He has Stitches. Well, if I'm going into the match with Stitches, you're going into the match with Stitches. That's no, fine. I mean, because it level, play, level playing field. Better than Uncensored, where it's a first blood match with Hogan and Flair, and then Flair bled a fucking river, and the match just kept going. <laughs> I think it's just a light cut. <laughs> nope, he's bleeding. He's gushing. Um, like, maybe the ref does blood. <laughs> There's no the rep- skin tone. All yeah. I see is red. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, I, maybe it's just uh, the ref doesn't see it yet. <laughs> Is he blind? <laughs> Flair's auditioning to be the new hawk. She's face painted. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Flair has uh, his blonde hair is now pure Coke red. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so let's go to our next match. It's an Acolyte Rules match for the Tag Team Championship. So it's a no DQ match. The Acolytes versus the Tag Team Champions of the Hardy Boys, Matt and Jeff, and Michael Hayes. Uh, before the match, they cut to Cole at, uh, with Michael Cole in the back of the Hardys and Hayes. And Hayes says, I'm going to lead by example tonight. Kind of sounded like it was all about him. Doo-doo-doo. That's what I got. Hmm. Well, I mean, they have been together all of six weeks, which is way too long in 1999 WWF. Yep. We've got to split this act up. Yep. 
Uh, uh, Acolytes come out first. Hardys come out. Then they brawl to the out, uh, brawl on the outside. Uh, Bradshaw clotheslines to hell. Hayes on the outside. Then they throw him to still steps that Farouk was holding. And then the bell rang. <laughs> uh, co- commentary's confused by that because all hell broke loose outside. And then they got in the ring like, oh, okay. Uh, it's literally a WWF blueprint. I don't know gee, how they're confused about it. <laughs> fucking Jeff Hardy hits a running swanton over the top rope over Hayes on the Bradshaw. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, oh, to be young. Uh, <laughs> you know what the problem is? Uh, not a problem, but like 21 years later at 43, yeah. he still does that shit. Yeah. If there's one guy in the business... That in 2020 should be broken down and unable to fucking move. Jeff Hardy. It's Jeff Hardy, and he still wrestles like it's 1999. Yeah. What's his secret? Yeah. That <laughs> shit he's put his body <laughs> through. Yeah, yeah. His brother, look at his brother. Yeah. Didn't do half the high flying moves Jeff did. He can barely walk now and he, fucking. Yeah. Uh, Matt, speaking of him, he hits a moonsault off the top turnbuckle to the outside. Uh, Jeff drop kicks Bradshaw over the top rope. Matt, uh, oh, Jeff jumps off the top rope. Drop kicks Bradshaw for Matt to roll him up, but kicks out. Uh, Matt tried to hit a body uh, splash over the top rope uh, onto Bradshaw, but Bradshaw catches him, and Jeff hits a baseball slide onto Matt to knock down Bradshaw. Jeff hits Farouk with the swan tom, but Farouk kicks out at two. Um, Bradshaw throwing Jeff to the outside over the top rope, just kidmins it and just does not catch himself and just goes... Flying. Won't be the first, last one tonight. No. Uh, Jeff tries to do something off the top turnbuckle, but Bradshaw grabs him and then one arm power bombs him, and Jeff literally, literally bounces off the ring mat. And I was just like, Jesus Christ. Look at Strong Boy. <laughs> uh, Bradshaw hits a top rope, uh, hits a back uh, suplex onto Matt, uh, on Matt off the top rope. Uh, Jeff blasts Bradshaw with Hayes' cane, but Bradshaw kicks out at two. Uh, Jeff try, uh, tries to jump off Matt's back to do a kick to Bradshaw, but Bradshaw clotheslines the hell. Jeff Hardy. Uh, the Acolytes then double-team Michael Hayes by double powerbombing him for the one, two, three. Your new tag team champions, the Acolytes. This match went 10 minutes and 59 seconds, and I loved it. Uh, so did I. Um, I went two and three quarters. Uh, I, I doesn't sound like it, but I really like the match. I love the Acolytes music mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. even better than the later one did get. Uh, I loved, uh, hold on, I like these teams fighting each other. Hardys are crazy. Acolytes just kick ass. Fun match. But more importantly, I really like the strategy used in the first half of the match. That even Lawler brought up on commentary, and that it was clear that Michael Hayes' Uh, thought process was he will keep one of the acolytes outside busy mm-hmm. fighting while the Hardy boys try to double team the other guy to get the win. Very smart strategy. I really liked that. And this might be 1999 might be the apex of just kick ass Bradshaw, just fucking beast mode. Uh, it's weird. Cause that the, the strategy makes sense for a heel and it feels like they're trying to position them as faces so the well, it's see, weird isn't it weird how the last couple of weeks on TV when they won the belts they were baby faces yeah but then a couple weeks later they were very definitely heels and now it looks like they're baby faces what are they 
And just even just looking at them like they're baby faces. They're oh yeah, the ninety nine version of a blowjob baby face. Like I just they're not heels. It, it's do you think that what they tried to do was make them be baby faces when they beat the acolytes the first time, and then decided to go like, hey, let's make them the cowardly heels. After, but then they realize, well, people like them. They like their moves. The crowds are ooing and awing any move set they're doing. So why not just now turn them back to baby faces? I got, well, no, I think it's just that it's 1999, WF for the Vince Russo, and there's shades of gray, man. Yeah. There's no good guys or bad guys. Also, they're most definitely hills because this ain't over yet. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love this match. I thought it's the, it's what I said weeks ago when the Hardys debuted with Hayes that they're like a fresh new coat of paint. And this whoever's yeah. idea it was to put Michael Hayes with the Hardys, that was a brilliant move. Yeah. And I actually think it was Michael Hayes's idea. Probably because he wanted to get on TV. I've probably, heard but. this story. Uh or if it wasn't like his idea, like he immediately jumped at the idea because somebody saw young like Freebirds in them. Someone was, came up with the idea and he's like, I'll do it. It was either him or someone else. It was a damn good idea. I, and I think they're cutting it short way too early. The, yeah. It's like a fresh new coat of paint and I loved... It's the opposite of WCW. How the yeah. NWO and is I love still what going well, on. And I, and like, I love what they're doing <laughs> with the Acrolytes that they're kind of slightly transitioning them away from the corporate ministry. Well, for all accounts and purposes, yeah, the corporate ministry is dead. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's kind of like what I said on, I think, last week's podcast where it was it was normal business to take a young prospect and put him with a veteran in a tag team for two, three, four, five years even maybe. And then they would learn so much. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, this is such a good idea, especially tag teams with Michael Hayes. Yeah, it's a pretty good idea. Works out. Um, yeah, I should have kept it. And yeah, Acolytes... The, I'm waiting to see when the, the when the stupid symbols are not on the chest anymore. That's yeah. when you know they're completely free. Yeah, when they're when they're free. Yeah, uh, but I love this match for the quick power, the quickness, and the ooh and ahs from the Hardys, and then the straight power from. I'm just the loving the tag team division. Yeah, man. yeah. We're two for two so far, gentlemen. It's been a fun pay per view so far two, for me. Uh, belt changes. Yeah, yeah, that too. But I'm afraid one of those streaks is about to end, and it's the good match streak. Yep. Uh, let's go backstage with Austin looking for Undertaker. Then we go to Kevin Kelly with D'Lo Brown. As D'Lo saying, he's been waiting nine months to get a title shot. He earned. He's going to earn this title because he's not going to be like Midian who just reaches into someone's bag and says, "Hey, can I have this?" I mean, it's, he's, he's not wrong. Factually correct. <laughs> Actually correct. Indeed. Doesn't mean we care. So yeah. let's go <laughs> to our next match for the Euro- European Champion. Yeah. We'll try that again. Yeah, my uh, yeah European. <laughs> 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 what the fuck that was, but my God, I'm, 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 I'm trying to Schlubberger, uh, Schlubberger. I'm trying to talk, but with my braces, they kind of, yeah, fun stuff. Uh, European Championship, D'Lo Brown versus the champion Midian. Uh, during the match, D'Lo hits a suicide dive through the ropes, and Jar goes, uh, "They call that a tope suicido down south, but up here it's a suicide dive." I, okay. That's kind of a weird shot at Mike Tenay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, crowd, to me, wasn't really feeling this match. You don't oh, think? Yeah. <laughs> Were you feeling this match, Joe? No, I wasn't. Okay. Uh, it was, what puppies? Wait, what? It was, you know, it's funny, too. And I, uh, this is one of those matches, too. 
Uh, <laughs> I wrote this down. It's hilarious. Did you have a stroke? <laughs> I, was like, I thought you were a butthead over there. <laughs> no, no, no. No, I lost my place. Okay. So what it is is I, was, I wrote this down saying with current day audience, they would take over this match. They would not give two shits, uh, right? This match sucks, Beavis. Yeah. <laughs> but at, literally, literally after I wrote down the crowd would take over, there was a small boring chant. I'm like, of course there is. <laughs> this one deserved a much louder boring chant. Yeah. Much um, respect for Midian. However, D'Lo does win this match with the lowdown and frog splash. Your new intercontinental champion, nope. D'Lo Brown. Try this. Oh, in European. There we go. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <Jeff. laughs> this entire match is going to be a, a, yeah. a bogey for you. Yes, it is. I'll take the L. Uh, time, seven minutes. Really, really midi in that match there. Well, <laughs> you know what it was? Is I, I'm going to assume that I just started typing intercontinental, and then it like it auto, like, yeah, I'll go with that. Sure, why I not? I will say this. You're a month early, okay? Oh, okay. So, um, one and a half stars. This was subpar, and I put that squarely on Midian. At least now the belt is on someone better. That's really all I had to say about it. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> it's all factually accurate. Uh, we cut backstage with uh, uh, with Austin shoving a cameraman to him to get the hell away from him. Now, uh, so it started about this time. What was with the weird like camera positions? They kept, like, tripping over each other, like, literally being in the fucking way when the people were trying to walk everywhere. You know somebody got fired for that. Like, and it was most of the night. What the fuck was happening? Because that is, like, a Vince McMahon one-on-one, like, absolutely not. Uh, I had noticed that in current wrestling today, too, on WWE, that the cameraman is in the shot of the other cameraman. It's just like, get out of the way. Uh, we go to Michael Cole in the back with Al Snow, and Al Snow is still freaking out. Uh, uh, they show Al Snow begging uh, Bossman to put him out of his misery on Raw. So let's go to our next match for the Hardcore Championship, Al Snow versus Big Boss Man. And here it starts. Uh, Al Snow meets <sighs> Bossman at the ramp and begs for him to put, his mis- put him out of the misery again. Bossman is only too willing to oblige. He's like, already going to do it. <laughs> sure, I will. But first, let me whoop your ass. But then he grabs head and starts uh, hitting... Uh, the railroad spike and heads uh, uh, that stuck in head with his nightstick, and Al starts to react like, ah, "Oh no, don't!" And then he's like, "All right, fine, I'll whoop your ass too." So I gotta cut you off right here because yeah. uh, it reminded me. Uh, we talked about you know nice stories about the the bulldog girl and all that. Did you see the other touching thing the, uh, about a month ago on on Twitter? Um, Ray Trailer, boss man. Yeah, his daughter has a family. Okay, never got to meet Pop Pop because he died in two thousand four. But they found a uh, big boss man action figure oh. at a store, and the kid likes the action figure, so they bought it for him. And they, didn't, they had a picture of the kid in the car seat looking at the thing, and she's like, he has no idea that's his grandfather. Oh, that's that was awesome. Crazy. <laughs> I was like, damn, that's a cool story. It was awesome. <laughs> damn. Um, boss man and Al begin to fight at the ramp. Uh, boss man throws Al into a moving box, and I think he's looking for his nightstick to lock him up. However, Al gets out. Then Al hits Bossman with a sandbag. He sandbagged him. Sandbagged like him. a motherfucker. Literally. Uh, <laughs> they fight to the backstage. These guys never make it to the ring. Uh, I'm ca- fine with that. A cameraman falls down. Of course he does. <laughs> yep. And like you can see like the boom mic and shit. I'm like, what the fuck are you idiots doing? Yep. Al throws uh, <laughs> coffee on the boss man. And himself. And himself. Yep. Jesus, that hurt. That's hot. <laughs> uh, Al suplexes. Soup, brother. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Al suplexes Bossman onto a table. The table doesn't break, but the legs do give out. <laughs> That's the 
Boss Man's not prob- small. That probably hurt more. That probably hurt a lot, <laughs> yeah. actually. Uh, boss Man hits Al with a a sign. Uh, hits him. Oh, it's the uh, like the yardage marker at yeah. the NFL. It goes from straight the, from first yeah, to fourth. For, first to fourth, and Check he switches out. the fourth and kicks Boss Man. like, you got a punt. Yep. <laughs> That's uh, pretty good. <laughs> boss Man kicks Snow in the gut, and JR goes, the Bills are used to punting. <laughs> Uh, Bossman throws Al into the garage door and tries to run him over with the cart, but the cart doesn't work. Uh, Al hits Bossman with some karate moves, and Bossman goes down. They fight to the outside. Bossman then hits a bulldog onto the concrete. That was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, Bossman hits Al with a brick, but Snow kicks out at two. Uh, they almost get run over. <laughs> I love the guy rolling. Hey, get out of the way, you crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Walking uh, in. Walking in. Uh, boss man uh, smashes a bottle over Al's head. Uh, they fight across the street. Uh, then boss man handcuffs Al, uh, Al Snow to a fence and pulls the nightstick out and starts beating him with it. Uh, boss man hits Al with it and knocks him down. Boss man wins by putting his foot on top of Al Snow and making the ref count to three. Your new hardcore champion, Big Boss Man, 10 minutes and 30 seconds. Was it running after the match? Huh? That's him running after the match. Yeah, that's another ten minutes of him <laughs> running to the ring to get the belt. So it's so stupid they make them run all the way so out to the ring dumb. to celebrate, especially a heel. So I went two and a half. I I liked it. It was good for what it was, but for me, it went a little too long. Yeah. Um, did enjoy the outside the building stuff though. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed the bulldog on the concrete uh, and the car and shit. For, I mean, it's probably. I mean, I don't even know who to give the blue to credit. So they, for whatever reason, these two work well together, especially in this kind of environment. Uh, why did it take, when did Bossman come back? Fall of 98. Fall of 98, right? Why yeah. is he just now using handcuffs? Right? Because like, it was part of his gimmick like his before. gimmick. Like, and just yeah, now? He, I mean, I can think of maybe once or twice he's done it. Well, he, he just used it a couple of weeks ago in Edge and Christian. So, yeah, but like still. I said, a couple times, and yeah. that's it. I, it's a bit about time. Yeah. And as we, we spoke last time about Revelations, mm-hmm. Boss Man again to me. Yep. Like, I mean, WCW tried to do stuff with him, yeah. but never quite held. But he came back, and Jesus Christ, he's fit like a glove in the Attitude Era. Mm-hmm. He's, all, oh, good. he's the original guy that I've asked both of you numerous yep. times in these conversations. It's because of him. Who, yep. who from the, the late 80s uh, period would work in the Attitude Era? Because... Bossman was like a glove. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we always ask is, in the Attitude Era, who could jump ship to the other and fit like a glove? And Bossman's like always number one. Ray Trailer um, is criminally underrated. Is he all for... famer? Not yes, yet. he is. is. He? Yeah, he, they put him in a no a couple years ago. Um, yeah, he's criminally underrated um, and has been. He was back then too. Mm-hmm. It's weird. You would talk to some people and they would know exactly how great he is. But then others would be like, eh, hey, whatever. He was America's Most Wanted once. Hogan loved him. It's a great segment. Yeah. You ever hey. seen that segment, Joe? No. So there was a, they were looking for a killer. And somebody called in with a tip and said, hey, I'm pretty sure this is Ray Trailer. And so they <laughs> fucking went and found him. Like the police, they were talking to him. It wasn't. Yeah. So like the camera was there. We were like, this is, I'm Ray Trailer, the big boss man. Like, and he's like, he gave the pitch to find the dude. But it creepy looked like him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, in all fairness, there's a lot of big old cornfed boys in the South that look yeah. like Ray Trailer. Um, no, nah, I love Boss Man. I, he was 
he made so much money in Crockett mm-hmm. in like 86 and 87, and then they fucked him on a payoff and gave him right to Vince. And then right off the bat, him and Hogan made bank with, I mean, with the feud they had in 88, 89. There's no... Uh, it's not a shocker why that was the main event of the first Nitro. Right? Yeah, no, it was very smart. Um, before we move on, I just got to say, do you, can you imagine how tough both Hogan and Bossman are? They did uh, still cage matches around the horn for like four months. And you know the spot I'm talking about, don't you? Mm-hmm. They do a superplex off the cage. Hogan's on the blue. Hogan's on top rope. Bossman's on the cage, and they do a superplex with that with that amount of meat, with that weight, that old ring, and that old ring that wasn't giving at all. And when when we talk about Owen and Brett superplex and how they just hit it and then they're stuck. Those two did that every night for off and on four months. That's in that fucking cage, which yeah. hurts. Yeah, badly. Uh, that's tough. And I was thinking about this too before we move on. Uh, can you think of another gimmick from the '80s that you could update to still work in the Attitude Era? Because like, how of a gimmick of a Bossman character that was, and it's like they updated it, and it works perfectly in the Attitude Era. Only one, honestly, and that's Bad News Brown. Okay, um, he should have been the leader of the nation. Yeah. In the Attitude Era. How perfect would that have been? Yeah. You know, the black militant with the fist in the air, not trusting anybody, finally has his own little... But, I mean, Farouk did such a great job. Yeah. But can't, Boss can't Man... Can't hate or, on it, but... but... Bad News would have fit like a glove right mm-hmm. in there. Um, so he could have worked. But other than that, I mean, fuck. It's craziness. This was good. Yeah. Uh, we move on to a history le- lesson. Uh, Big Show and Kane, since that's going to be our upcoming max- match. But first, <laughs> let's go to... Kevin Kelly with Hardcore Holly. Yes. Yep. Um, uh, wanting to know if Holly would uh, uh, be, partial. be partial to Big Show. And he's like, what are you talking about? Big Show's been following me around this whole past <laughs> couple of weeks. Um, I'll beat both of their big yeah, asses. If they, if they I got get, an idea. If, if they get, in, uh, if they get out, out, of, out, of, out of line, I'll, I'll be sure to knock them out. He threatens to beat up Kevin Kelly. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't think it was a threat. And I was like, God, my love for Bob Holly is growing exponentially. So uh, but um, God. where'd it go? I hadn't. Um, hang on. Plus, I love his theme song. Yep. It's one of those. And now he looks like the, the hardcore Holly that I know and love. The, yep. the outfit is the there. Outfit's there the, the outfit's there. The music. Everything. Oh, yep. this is what I love about hardcore Holly. So let's go to our next match. The big like Thurman Sparky plug. No. no. Uh, next match, The Big Show versus Kane with Hardcore Holly as the special guest referee. Hoss fight. Hoss fight. Uh, Big Show military presses Kane over the... <laughs> picks him up uh-huh. and then chucks him over the top rope onto the ground. And, and does Kane grab the rope really to break his fall? Nope. <laughs> Fuck no. No, he no, doesn't. no. He <laughs> does. He does. But it could cause more damage because yeah. he falls on the shoulder. He fucking just... Through him, I I reround the spot. I was like, "What? Holy fuck!" <laughs> so the, first of all, the sound of the splat. How fucking strong is Paul White? Yeah, right? my God, <laughs> Kane is not tiny. Kane's no. what three three twenty? He's three twenty jacked. And yeah. that sound was so loud. I uh, rerounded just for the sound. Like, I was like, Jesus I, Christ! My mouth was. <laughs> 
jaw was down. I'm like, what? That's what Foley sounded like going through a table. Now, I remembered this spot because I saw this live, right? So I was waiting for you guys. I wanted to see your guys' reaction. Oh, Holy oh, shit. shit, did I love that. That's the first thing we talked about yesterday. Yeah. I was like, that fucking Kane spot. <laughs> Jesus. Picks him up. With ease. Because we thought we was going to slam him, I thought which was, was cool anyways. And then our slam, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, Royal Rumble, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yeet. <laughs> I it's like, my- you know what? It's fucking Hogan and Rocky Three. Yeah. Adrian, catch yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. So you're saying that WCW mismanaged the big show. Yes. They had a monster truck. Yeah. <laughs> they had a monster truck. Imagine he did that to Goldberg on Nitro. <laughs> yeah. But Jesus, like the thud. Like, I, you know what it was. Kane was just showing the other camera angle when he fell off the building. That's right. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. So this is what it looked like when that's show. What, that's what it was. <laughs> this is what happened when the giant fell off that monster yep. truck. Yeah. Checks yep. out. But Jesus, yeah. Kane grabs the rope and then this was like, like, cause, like I'm surprised it, it did not cause more damage than it did. You couldn't pay me enough to take that bump. Oh nope. my God, dude. Nope. I, I was like, oh, cool. Gorilla press slam. Here we like, go. And then yeet. Like, <laughs> Kidman, if you like that, take that bump, but they take it and then roll through it, so they def- deflect some of the damage. Kane was like, "I'm just gonna stick it, you know, <laughs> yeah. fuck no. it." Yep. Uh, Nine point eight. During the Jesus. Jesus. Uh, during the match, Kane's punching Big Show in the corner, and Holly grabs Kane and pulls him away. Um, uh, got, uh, so right there, though, when he was like the first spot, the fucking crowd was into this match. Yeah. Holy God, they were into this. These two are over. Three. These three, These were, three over. were over. Uh, Kane uh, pull. He pulls Kane off the Big Show. Because he says he's not listening to him. That allowed uh, Show to clothesline him. Uh, show dominates most of this match. Um, Kane DDTs Big Show. Uh, Holly gets into it with Kane, saying that he pulled K- uh, Show's hair. <laughs> um, Kane was going to go for the choke slam, but then Holly chop blocks Kane. That allowing Big Show to choke slam Kane, and Holly does a fast three count. Eight minutes and 18 seconds. I'll talk about what happens after a minute. Class was fun. I will say that I enjoyed the match. Yeah, uh, it wasn't great in terms of like work, work rate, yeah. But I gave it two stars for that. Mm-hmm. But um, not good, but better than their King of the Ring match. Yep. If only for that bump mm-hmm. and the big shot Jeez. is what I said. Yeah. Um, this was fun, and again, it's a glaring um point to me that they really screwed the pooch on Big Show. He should already be champion at this point. I'm yep. going to say that point. He should have beat Taker for the title at King of the Ring. Yep. Uh, he's that over. He's that impressive. And no wonder he kind of got jaded and a little less stringent with his... You can uh, <laughs> see it. Yeah. Starting. It's starting already. He's starting to it. look like 19... 19- he's like late 97 giant. Mm-hmm. It, it's starting to you go. You can see it. Um, uh, when he does that like jumping elbow, which is so impressive, it's... Why yeah, like he got in, in great shape to debut, um, but they missed the ball. He was monster every time that music hits. That crowd loses its shit, which is weird. I also uh, hate the, the name on the tights. It's stupid. Yeah, I, I hate fucking that. hate it. It's dumb. It doesn't work for him. It's it, stupid. It, it reminds me of when they did the same thing to Stone Cold Steve Austin in July '96. Yeah. Like, it's like why? No. Did, why is his name on his ass? Black all trunks, bro, and just you're um, good. Kane is a freak at this point. That's ridiculous. And so I was thinking, I was thinking about this. Uh, so this is probably as close to Big Show's prime as you you get. Oh, this is definitely Kane's prime. And look how good this was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just two dudes in their prime, big motherfuckers just beating the piss out of each other. I will always say that Kane 
is a victim of the of the gimmick. Yeah, it's weird because the gimmick is what made him, made him. And, and what let him survive so long. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, in terms of what he was physically capable of, this gimmick um, just kind of held him down because yeah. you 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 need him to do certain things. He's got to work like a big guy. And he's got to be the half dead supernatural take her brother thing. And Glenn Jacobs can work. So yeah, it, it's been a, it was a blessing and a curse. Yeah. So after the match, uh, X Pac comes down and attacks Holly, but then all of a sudden Undertaker comes from behind and choke slams X Pac. Big Show and Undertaker then attack Kane. Uh, Big Show and Undertaker have a little stare down as Undertaker leaves the ring, and then Big Show helps Holly to the back. That's an unholy alliance. Yep. Uh, Undertaker is shown backstage, and then Undertaker uh, is jumped by X-Pac, uh, by X-Pac, no, by Stone Cold, <laughs> and Stone Cold busts him open. Dun, I loved dun, how they dun. do that. He was just walking through the curtain, and I was like, surprise, motherfucker! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's some hot soup! No. That was <laughs> awesome. Do you think I wouldn't see the monitor where the fuck you were? Right? What? <laughs> that was, it was really well done. Yeah, I like that, that it wasn't a, like, uh... A interview backstage or something. It's just he's like he's just back walking after that shit, it. and he got his fucking ass beat. Yep. So we get a history. Uh, well, hold on, hold on. Oh, that, that's another thing I miss about WWF. They wouldn't do it all the time, but these story long, these pay per view long uh, sidelines to a storyline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They almost always are effective when they do them. It's good they don't do them all the time because then they wouldn't be effective. Right. But they don't do them enough. I find. Yeah, there needs to be a little more often would be great. And, like, and honestly, you probably could do it every time. But, like, on one show, it could be very low mid-card. It doesn't yeah. have to be the main event storyline. Yeah, um, but I think it, it helps. It definitely helped this show. Like, mm-hmm. uh, It's effective. Yep. Uh, we had a recap of what led to Shamrock and Steve Blackman's matches. Our next match is Ken Shamrock versus Steve Blackman Ugh. in an Iron Circle match. It's basically a parking lot uh, brawl. However, uh, each man get their entrance music as they enter the circle. Because uh, that happens in, in parking lot brawls. Uh, Hit my, we're, we're, Hit I my fucking fight, music! I always came into music. Reminded me of the dungeon match that yeah. they entered with the music. I would come out to the Birdie Bunch theme. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they fight in a circle of cars with other wrestlers watching. So there's Viscera, Draws, Albert, and anybody else. It's like honking their horns. Light, yep. <laughs> Um, this is dumb. Sh- I, I gotta it. say, uh, Shamrock looks more terrifying with a beard, more unhinged looking. You should see uh, middle aged and crazy Ken Shamrock on Impact. Hmm. It's 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 also frightening for a completely different reason. Yeah. Uh, they throw each other into uh, cars. Blackman spin bus uh, spin kicks. Spin uh, bus. Uh, it's supposed to be kick. Uh, <laughs> Shamrock on the hood, and then. Uh, Punches him in the groin, uh, spine busters him, and uh, he then punches him in the groin. Yeah, <laughs> He's he like, does. yeah, here you go. Dick punch. Uh, Blackman super kicks uh, Shamrock in the gut, and then Shamrock just goes flying. He does like the jump into the hood. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is happening? It's like a stunner. Yeah. It's like a rock stunner reaction. It's like he just flew. Uh, Shamrock attempts to whip uh, uh, Blackman attempts to rip Shamrock with a chain, but Shamrock moves out of the way. Uh, Shamrock tries to hit Blackman with a tire iron, but dodges. Shamrock punches uh, through a window. It's the only instance in the history of wrestling where a tire iron made sense being in the match. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Look at you, Arn Anderson. Uh, <laughs> right. 
I'm gonna pull out my pants. Hang on, <laughs> fat chicks. Like, who, ju- who just has a tire right, iron down so their jeans? Fuck, walks around with a tire iron. Arn Anderson. Does. He lives in constant fear of a flat tire. Yeah. I've had so many flat tires this week. I was like, and we're gonna catch up on me again. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Average carpentry. <laughs> uh, Shamrock wraps the chain. Subpar mechanic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It popped him. It's a beer hand. It's tough to change a tire with a beer in your hand. Yeah. Good old arm going to bars and belly belly popping on the bars. Belly up to the bar. Up to the That's bar. all you could do. Yeah. <laughs> Just look at me who I am now. Woo! Um, Shamrock <laughs> wraps the chain around him and starts punching Blackman, then chokes him out for the victory. Three minutes and 57 seconds. Bullshit. This was 17 minutes. Nope. Three bullshit. Min- I, I call bullshit. Three, on that three minutes, minutes and 57 bullshit. seconds. It felt longer. It I really went did. Uh, one and a half stars. I, I didn't like this. Way too dark. Uh, Regal and Finley did it way better in 96. Yep. That's what I put. Uh, Woo! I don't know what the answer is to this question. I just know they're using Ken Shamrock wrong. You don't say and it. I don't, but I don't know. Because this is kind of the environment that suits him the best, but these matches are fucking stupid. They're dumb. So I don't know what you do with them, but it's not this. Yeah, I'll give you a hint. They don't know either. Checks out. Fuck, man. This guy should be... More? Damn near heavyweight championship material. He should be... um, Here's where I put Ken Shamrock back then, especially. You know that Jericho kind of inhabited it years later. Yeah. Uh... Not main event guy, but the guy you can put with main event guys, and it's believable. Look at slide you, in if you need. You to can do. give him a world title program, and it doesn't feel wrong. But he's mm-hmm. normally not going to hang there. He's you know your one B. Yeah, uh, Jericho had that forever. Him and Benoit. That's where I figure. That's where I think Shamrock should be. Because like he could offer a lot. I mean, he's like in the weird style of promo he cuts. It's believable. And uh, yeah. I love the angry grandpa stuff in Impact, where now Sammy Callahan's kind of like his grandson, <laughs> and like he manipulates Shamrock to just be a beast and attack people. And he's like the the crazed angry grandpa who doesn't quite know what's going on, but his grandson just told him to beat this guy's ass. So goddamn it, I'm gonna do it. That's what he's doing now. Shamrock here is like a a mini version of what Sid thinks he is. <laughs> Yeah, that's actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Checks out. Uh, we get, let's go to the rooster, shall we? Terry Taylor and Undertaker. <laughs> as Taker just <laughs> tells ter- uh, Taylor to get the hell out of this and throws him into a wall. Instant baby face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how can I root against him now? I mean, yeah. Fuck that rooster. Uh, we got a call with China and Gun, and they bring up the Xbox condition for the matches in question. So let's go to our next match. For the rights... For... The trademark of DX. China and Mr. Ass Billy Gunn versus Road Dog and Xbox as they it just comes out like normal. Both <sighs> both coming out to the DX music. Of course. Oh, yeah. yeah. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah, should be. Uh highlight for this match is China and Mr. Ass are wearing the same attire. <laughs> yeah. And JR <laughs> is not having it. <laughs> Someone didn't clear this with good old JR before. Uh, throw it off. I was like, oh, okay. That's a whole lot of Billy Gunn. Holy God. 
I guess Mr. Ass suits him, right? Can you imagine what they'd have done with Brutus the Barber Beefcake in the oh, Attitude Era? Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, JR was not having this. He, would, he kept referencing Gun's attire the entire match. Yeah. My, favorite, not my favorite part during the middle where he just goes, it's not very masculine in my opinion. Uh, so here at No So Entertainment, we do not kink shame. JR kink shame oh, the yeah. fuck out of people. And Lawler, Lawler at one point, <laughs> he kind of gets on JR about JR. He's like, well, why don't you wear something like that on the mayor, mayoral trail? Because he's going for mayor of Memphis. Yeah. And Lawler's like, well, they'd have to keep all the women away. <laughs> uh, I like J- I think it was J- uh, King who's like, maybe they, uh, no, it was JR. <laughs> well, it looks like they may switch the tires, so, you know. It was so. China's wearing gun stuff, and guns are in her stuff. No, it's the same attire. Ironically, hers covered more. Yeah, which was frightening in one way, because <laughs> theoretically, there's more that needs to be covered on Billy down there. Yep. But his was sheer. I will say that. Yes, it was. The Hardys like to look. Tell you that much. Uh, during the match, Jared says that uh, X Pac might have a concussion from the attack from earlier tonight. Um, during the match, X-Pac gets a hot tag and Gunn lifts him over the top rope and he hits his head on the mat, selling the neck and concussion storyline. But once again, it's it's Waltman making, you know, chicken salad. Out of chicken shit. Yes, sir. As he's wont to do. Uh, China does a lot of sleeper holds and shoulder tackles during this match. The China experiment's wearing off for me I really quick. Yeah. Um, X-Pac, well, it doesn't help that it's the same th- four people. I get it. I get it. It's her friends, but it's the same four people, three people that she's been wrestling for two months it's now. It's not the click-on-click violence that, that, we're, uh, used to. that we're used to. Yeah. Or we want. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, X-Pac hits a Bronco Buster on China, and then they roll out to the fight to the outside. X- Road Dog then hits the pump handle slam on Billy Gunn for the win. So the men that own the rights to D-Generation X, X-Pac and Road Dog. This match went 11 minutes and 36 seconds. Real quickly before I get to my part of the match, you saying click on click violence, me saying click on click violence, answered my own question. Uh, turn him heel. Razor Ramon fits like a glove in the Attitude Era. Mm. Yeah. God Chico. damn. I mean, that character would have been perfect. Diesel? Diesel. I mean, yeah. I mean, Stone Cold's basically what Diesel was before he left, just amped up with a little more redneck on it. Yep. I mean, if we're going to be completely honest about it. And I'll, I'm going to say this. One, two, three. Getting I'll say it. this, too. <laughs> Diesel's theme. A little underrated. I love Diesel's theme. Yeah. Um, so the match record, apparently. <laughs> three. <laughs> I'm marking out. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> three stars. This was okay. D- DX is way with four Ys. Over. Yeah. And guns tights are ridiculous. Just gas JR. <laughs> uh, I mean, this is their version of the NWOB team, man. Like. <laughs> Fuck, are we still doing with this? I will tell you this. At least they gave us a proper like I, match to end you it. Know. Where was the proper blow off for the NWO Civil War? We never got it. We got injuries, dude. <laughs> Brother, I got a Wrestle Warrior and Leno, dude. <laughs> uh, let's. We get a history, and uh, I'm not making that up. Yeah, we get yeah. a recap, a history of The Rock and Triple H. Uh, you know, once again, kind of both of them being. Part of factions, DX, AAA, uh, Nation. They're both fighting. AAA. Triple Wait a minute. Woo! Rock worked in Mexico, yes, a little known did. fact. Uh, <laughs> DX, Nation, they, them fighting for the IC title last year. Both men now wanting to be heavyweight champion. 
Uh, Corey, do you have something or is this for later on? About Triple H. Oh, yeah. I don't think you. I was blinded by my starvation. Um, Here's the deal. Blinded by the light. These two have wrestled so many times. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to give you the Raws or house shows, but let's start here. Survivor Series 96. Yep. Royal Rumble 97. Mm -hmm. 97. After that, it's done. Royal Rumble 98. They're both in the Rumble. Uh, Over the Edge, 98. King of the Ring, 98. They have a skirmish. Fully Loaded, 98. SummerSlam, 98. Oh, Thursday, Raw Thursday, where Rocky wins the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, A Raw at the end of the year where China turns on Triple H while wrestling Rock for the world title. Over the Edge. Fully Loaded. That's 15. 15 matches on pay-per-view or special... Um, shows. God damn. Since uh, pretty much the nation thing started. Yeah. Well, no, it started Survivor Series 96. So it hasn't even been three years yet. And there's only 12 pay-per-views a year. And 15 of them have these two rough fighting in one way or another. And they were supposed to wrestle at Survivor Series 98 when Triple H was injured. So that would have been 16. So anybody who says, oh, man, Ric Flair and Sting wrestled too many times in WCW, they don't even reach half that yep. on important shows. Like, isn't that way and, too much in and less missing, than three years? And there's, the, and there's a lot more you're, you're cutting out, too. Remember the DX Nation street fight? Yeah. There's the, that. Uh, the, the cage match on Raw the night after King of the Ring. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, there's even more. Like, that's ridiculous. That's more yep. than the main event's going to be. Like, and, and we've barely scratched the surface, folks. And what bothers me is they just they pretend that like this all started with DX and the Nation when they had a very good feud when Rock won his first IC title. Yeah, I was just saying that he Raw beat match Triple is H still Raw. maybe my favorite match of theirs. It's, it's, it's a, a really good match. match. It did give us Prince Ike winning a belt, so there's that. Fuck you, Rocky. <laughs> so there's that. So another reason to be tired of this feud. It gave us Prince Nakamaki. He, so might, he might come back. Joe looked <laughs> thoroughly disgusted while I was breaking down the member matches. Well, you're no, like, you're just telling me, like, <laughs> we've witnessed 17 <laughs> in, like, a year and a half yeah, of yeah. just these two guys, and it's just like, this ain't going to end anytime soon. And it just blows my mind because you... I'm so tired of it. Right? And... All right, we'll do a bracket next week. Rock Triple H match. Rock Triple <laughs> yeah. Bring it on, baby. <laughs> But yeah, just it's, it's crazy just uh, because, you know, people, you know, there's a lot of people that prime wrestling is the ad to era. Mm-hmm, yeah. and, and it's just like with us going through all this all over again, and then you're realizing, okay, yeah, sure, there are moments that you remember for the rest of your life. There are moments of this. But if you watch it weekly, you watch every show. Um, SmackDown. First episode of SmackDown. Rock and Triple H for the title. Yep. So, yeah. 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 Uh, the <laughs> oh, t- I forgive the tag- 99. Uh, the very first SmackDown. Survivor Series 99. For the, the very first SmackDown. Yeah. The pilot. The pilot. Yeah, they were on that too. They're, yeah, they were. Tag match. God damn. Like 20. We, so so more, far, we've had yeah. like 20 matches that these guys have been involved in two years. Yeah, and just wait until. And we, we're not even counting. Just wait until this time next year when we can add like 12 more to it. Yeah, and, and this is us not counting. 
any of the small tag matches or any of the... These are only important one-on-one matches or rumbles where they interact in a meaningful way. Yes. Why a couple weeks ago, I swear I lied, Triple H was like, why again (laughs) am I wrestling you? Uh, It does nothing for me. Right now, even though I'm a Rock fan, I'm 100% Triple H right now. Oh, yeah. The fact that he's like, I beat this guy. So let's go to this match. It's The Rock versus Triple H for number one contendership. Having bitched about it, it was a good match. In a strap <laughs> match. Yeah, yeah. In a strap match. Uh, no DQ, no count out, win by pinfall. It's not like your normal strap match that you have to eat, hit all four corners. Thank Christ. Yeah. Uh, before the match, Rock cuts a promo. His <coughs> excuse me, his normal promo. I like the way this was done, though, because it showed Triple H in the ring watching the monitor so that you know that he heard every word of it. Yep. Uh, Rock attacks uh, Triple H before uh, he puts the strap on. Giggity. Um, Rock uh, steals a fan, a, a, a fan's camera and takes a photo of Triple H. I would love to see that. I know. I want that picture. I would love to see so that. So much. Uh, they fight through the crowd. Uh, it's, I, I, I had enjoyment seeing how all the fans' reactions were when they were wrestling next to each other. Like all the women, all the Kids, all the women jumping up for joy to see them like two feet away from them. Um, Rock uh, throws Triple H over a fence, but then Triple H gets stuck on top of the fence because he never goes fully over. And then uh, Triple H gets down, grabs the strap, and yanks the Rock into the guardware. Uh, they fight on the stage. Triple H uh, took the strap off and starts whipping the Rock with the strap. Uh, later on, China comes down. China grabs the ref. Rock hits rock bottom, but the ref is distracted. Uh, Triple H climbs to the top chumbuckle and chokes out the rock with the strap. Uh, Triple H goes to uh, hit the rock with a chair, but the rock whips the whips Triple H with the strap because t- they during the whole match both men take the strap off and whip each other with it. I thought that was cool. Uh, Billy Gunn runs down and hits The Rock with the small baseball bat. Uh, Triple H pins him, but The Rock kicks out at two. Rock hits the people's elbow and goes for the cover, but Billy Gunn pulls the strap and disrupts the count. Gunn gets in and gets rock bottom, but then Triple H hits the pedigree on The Rock for the one, two, three. Your new number one contender, Triple H, 19 minutes and 23 seconds. Um, I gave this three and three-quarter stars. These two have wrestled way too many times, but this was good. Predictable interference leads to a Triple H victory, which points out the only small problem I had with it. Would it kill the baby face to just fucking lose clean? Yep. Would it just would it hurt so much? But it was good. I enjoyed it. It was one of the better strap matches I've seen. Um, I don't like the four corner thing. It's too cheesy and right today with you. I like it when they just whip the fuck out of each other and compete each other. I am on record as having it's maybe my least favorite giving match. I fucking hate strap matches, so thank God it wasn't that kind. That's because this was a fully loaded strap Ooh, match. Uh, two things I noticed about this. this it's kind of related to a Billy Gunn point we've made before. Triple H is just as big as The Rock, mm-hmm. both height wise and like body type, mm-hmm. and he never. Is lumped in with those kind of people. He's all, yeah. I think he's always thought of as a little bit smaller than he is. Yeah. And he is right there eye to eye with The Rock. Yeah, he's a big dude. And uh, part of the reason they have wrestled too many times, but why they're usually very good matches, is they are stiff with each other. When Triple H pulled him into that guardrail, Rock went full on into that rail. I think the best wrestling rivalries are the ones where the guys have an understanding of, look, 
Let's lay it in a little bit. We're not going to fully shoot, but right. you know, let's let's be yeah. snug. Snug is the word. Snug let's is the be word. Snug. Benoit and Jericho were always snug, mm-hmm. and it was understood. Like, look, you can be snug with me because I'm going to be snug with you, right. but it looks better, and we, we can do it. And I think these two very much work well together like that. Um, they have wrestled too much, but you can't deny they've got great chemistry. Yep. Um, Unlike the next match. Yeah. And I'll say this. They have great chemistry, but you can also see in all their matches, even though sometimes they're all the same, but you can see the personalities change within the match itself. Like with this match being Triple H is going to beat his ass because he's tired of facing this guy. He wants to move on from this guy. He wants no part of the rock because he knows he can beat him. He's beaten him. We just counted 20 times they've had a match that is probably 50-50 in the outcomes. But yeah. And I can't wait to ask a question at the end of all this mm-hmm. because there's way more to go. Yeah. Um, but forget Rock and Austin. That, yeah. that, that uh, argument's been done to death. I think the far more apt argument, Rock and Triple H, which one was better? They came up, like I said, they came up the intercontinental level. They raised up to lead mm-hmm. our factions, main event against each other. That's the rivalry. So at the end of uh, it all. For me, it's always been that rivalry. It's, yeah. I always have thought of Triple That's H as the That's the rivalry. one that I want to know what everybody thinks, which one was better at the end of it. Yeah. Let's move on. We get a history uh, recap between Stone Cold, Undertaker, and Vince as our main event is for the WWF Championship. It's a first blood match, but first. Vince McMahon comes down and he joins commentary. Um, Undertaker with Paul Bear comes out with, and then versus Stone Cold. Uh, Stone Cold comes out with a bit red bandage on his head that looks like blood, and it irritates the hell out of me the, the rest whole of the match. Because yep. from the distance, is he bleeding? Is he bleeding? Well, that was the whole thought process. Is like, oh, that's just suppressing blood, which I think, I don't know, but I have theories. But... Uh, I like JR being on commentary with Vince uh, with the fact that he's just sh- shitting on Vince. You know, when he's like, Vince is getting stepped, he goes like, you know, if you sneeze in a uh, meeting with Vince, he'll fire you on the spot. <laughs> yep. I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was happy these three were back together because it reminded me of like 96, 97. Mm-hmm. Yep. Those, I, I like those teams. Uh, Austin, Undertaker jumps Austin at the stage. Uh, both men uh, during the whole match protect their cuts. Or attempt to. Undertaker hits uh, Austin into the crowd. Undertaker throws the still steps into the crowd. Yeah, I was like, my God, Taker. Yeah. Jesus Christ. It's like another shock to all value, like when Kane got thrown. He's like, you're, wait, what are you doing with those still steps? You're going to kill him, motherfucker. You're throwing them in the crowd? Look out! Uh, Austin, uh, Undertaker gets tied up in the ropes, and Austin goes for the chair. Shane runs in, and uh, Austin blasts Shane with the chair shot. Um, they fight around the stage, uh, 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 around again. Uh, Austin stuns Undertaker, goes to the outside and punches Vince. Austin goes and gets another chair, but Undertaker hits Austin with a different chair. Um, Undertaker shoves the ref down. Undertaker's waiting for uh, Austin, uh, Austin to get up when he's holding the chair. Then X-Pac comes in and uh, spinning heel kicks the chair into Undertaker's face. Uh, Austin grabs a camera and blasts Undertaker with it. The ref gets up and notices that Undertaker's bleeding and calls for the bell. 16 minutes and still your WWF champion, Stone Cold. For me, this match is just another 
Undertaker Austin match up. They brawl at the top of the ramp. They brawl around the whole ring. They brawl inside the ring. Uh, Second verse, same as the first. Yep. Someone runs in, uh, tries to cost. They Austin gets the upper hand. Um, same old, same old. In one way, I mean, they are both so limited physically at this point that there's not really a different match they can do. And since we know that, they should stop doing the match. <laughs> Having said that, I gave this three and three quarters as well. I said, scratch that. These two have wrestled far too many times. <laughs> uh, this was good, however, as the first blood step I thought really helped it, made it, it, it made it for me. Like, I would have not been interested to watch these two at all if it hadn't been for their clever work around that And step. then their whole night of storyline, yeah. Yeah. Austin wins and McMahon has gone forever, which in wrestling is about five weeks. Um, I like first blood matches for the most part. Uh, wrestlers hate them uh, yep. because, well, in the old days, they hated them. Now, by 99, probably wasn't so bad because you weren't blading all the time. But imagine trying to do a first blood match when you're getting blood every night anyway. And by the end of the week, you've gigged so many times that it's not hard to get blood. You sneeze. So yeah, yeah. at that point, you can just punch him in the forehead. Don't bleed. Exactly. It's scar so, tissue. So, so try to do a fucking first blood match with that going on. Yeah. At least they didn't do like uh, what you were saying earlier, boss man and Hogan around. Yeah, around the, the first horn. blood around the horn. Like Jesus. They would do that at times in in certain territories. It would be first blood around the horn because every Jesus. city has to see it. So you have to come up with inventive ways not to just you know bleed the first minute. Like, Flair and Ronnie Garvin would do first blood matches. And by the end of the week, in the locker room, getting ready for the match, if somebody, like, thwapped Flair on the forehead with a newspaper, he'd start bleeding. And they'd be like, God damn it, now we got to postpone the match. You know, to go stall, do something, because yeah. we have to get him to stop bleeding first, and then the match can start. Um, that's crazy times right there. Like I said earlier, I like the idea of what they were trying to do with the stipulate, the, the extra add to the story of... It helped this time. It helped, yeah. Uh, but like I said, that bandage, if you didn't, if you weren't paying attention to Austin when he came out, and you just like, looked away for a minute, and then like, once they were in the ring fighting, you'd be like, is he bleeding? Like, is he like, is he flaring it right now? And the ref's just not... And then you get after the match... Then get we the get whole... the bloodbath. Um, yeah. Undertaker punches Earl after the match. Vince enters the ring and tries to hit uh, Austin with a crutch, but Austin stuns him. Triple H runs down, attacks Austin. The Rock comes down and makes the save. Undertaker grabs a chair and blasts Austin with it. Undertaker and Austin are a bloody mess as they're brawling around the outside. Security has to break them apart. Austin enters the ring and shakes Vince's hand, but stuns him again. But... <laughs> Austin was bleeding a lot. Both of them were. But, like, if you look outside, it looked like the brood came down right. and they gave someone a bloodbath. Because I think someone had, like, a cup of blood underneath the table, underneath the ring, and it get tipped and it just spilled everywhere. I just, Austin was bleeding so much, I thought of the old Jim Cornette line about Tommy Rich, about how he was such a free bleeder. That if you walked into the bathroom after he had shaved, you'd think that somebody had done minor surgery in there. Yep. And that's what I thought of with Austin. I was like, God damn, he's bleeding. And I, uh, to that point, I actually think it was uh, blood capsules for both of them. It was, the, it was so much blood, and it looked so fake. Like, I know they gigged earlier in the night, yeah. but you're not going to gig the same spot twice. Well, remember how I said I thought I had theories? Yeah. I thought there was a capsule inside that uh, bandage. Yeah. bandage Because it was really raised. Like, yeah, it yeah. makes sense. And, like... I can't prove it, but I thought. Because the camera, after uh, 
before Taker hits him with the chair, he's on the mat getting ready because you can he's digging in his fucking wrist tape. Yeah. For some reason, they love showing Austin digging into his fucking wrist tape. I don't know why, but they do. So then he gets tagged, and I'm just like, what the fuck? That is so much blood. Yeah, it's a like a bloodbath. Like, like I said after, right? Like I said after, everybody gets colored. Yeah, everybody's colored. I'm Jesus. like, did the brood come down? I just missed it. Fucking McMahon's going by people in the front row, just slicing the yep. forehead. There was yeah. a thick, a bl- there was a like a puddle of blood. Yeah, on the ground in front of the commentary team. I'm like, whose blood's this? <laughs> that's that's a scary question to ask. Yeah. Row one, row one, seat this? eight. Yeah. So, so final word. Yeah, what'd you guys hey, think of the pay-per-view? I enjoyed it. I really did. I really liked everything besides two matches. Uh, how about you? Three. Uh, three matches. So, uh, full disclosure here, I uh, had a rough week at work. Uh, by the time I watched this pay-per-view, I don't think I was mentally checked into anything I was doing. So the first four matches were mostly a complete blur to me until we did the show here. Uh, I don't remember hating any of it. Uh, I mean, there was some that wasn't good, but that's every show. Um, but overall, I thought it was an enjoyable pay-per-view. It was an easy watch. Mm-hmm. It's been one of the most easier watches for WF lately. I'll put it to you this way. I put uh, well worth your time. Mm-hmm. Everything... One of the things I loved about it, and I love pay-per-views that do this, everything was formatted perfectly. It built. Mm-hmm. Um, the first match made sense. The second match, the everything was where it should have been. It flowed easy. This is one of my favorite Attitude Era pay-per-views. I am admittedly and well-known for my Attitude Era, and eh, I could take or leave it, this is one of the shows that I will gladly go back and watch from the other two mm-hmm. I would give it another sh- watch. I would give it another watch. Google. Uh, I'd watch it again for sure. <laughs> so uh, let's do the buy rates, and then we'll do uh, Corey if you would uh, tweak the card after we do the buy rates. Surprise, there's nothing I would tweak. Nothing? On nothing. this one, nope. Nothing. Everything was done perfectly. It- I guess real quick to that, uh, unlike its competition, every match had a storyline. Yeah. They weren't throwing Mikey Whipwreck in a match because he needed to be on pay-per-view. What's the one thing that I've always said Vince Russo was good at? Really big dick. No. Oh. He made a point to find something for everybody on the card to do. Mm -hmm. Like, he, it wasn't just worry about the main eventers and who cares. It was like, I'll find something for me to do. You don't have to like it, It may not be good, but he's going to have something. That's the only thing that I give him credit for. He always did that. And Survivor Series last year. Yes, yes. (laughs) My my love letter to Vince Russo, yes. Well documented. So let's do the buy rate, shall we? So, uh... Yes. What... What was WCW's... Bash the Beach. Do you remember? It was like point three something. Point some, three eight. Something low. Point three nine. Oh, that was close. That. I paid attention. What was last year's fully loaded? Probably a one point zero eight. I'm only guessing the new one. Hmm? I'm only guessing the new one. He refuses to play. Okay. Uh, last year's was point nine. Okay. Oh. King of the Ring this year. It did a monster day. fucking the last one point something. It was like one point three something. 1.13. Oh. This 
uh, fully loaded buy rate, 1.07. So I was closer. To so it went one. down from the King of the Ring, but... Not bad for what's a B pay-per-view. Yeah. You know what I mean? But then again, they did a good job during the Attitude Era of at least making the main events of the B shows seem very important. End of an era. This sounds like a SummerSlam main event, to be honest. Yep. End of an era. Taker and Austin. McMahon. Highway to hell. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know what I mean? Hmm. So, good job on their part. Yeah. I think it's time for the award show time. So, let's go to the awards. Let's start it off with uh, best match. Uh, there's between the last two. Favorite match. I, I will say Rock and Triple H in the strap match. So for me, uh, that was the best worked match. But it's not my match of the night. My match of the night is Kane and Big Show. That was I just a, yeah. enjoyed <laughs> the two big fuckers beating the fuck out of each other. That bump. That bump. Uh, Hardy Boys and Hayes versus the Acolytes. I like that too. I really liked that match. But I'm with you with the... Uh, Isn't it nice to have variety for things like that? Yeah. Uh, worst match. Midian and D'Lo. I mean, yeah. That's yeah, terrible. Yeah, without question. Yeah. Uh, MVP. Triple H for me. He got what he wanted. He is the number one contender for the World Heavyweight title. That's a good pick. That's a, that's a good pick. I'm going to say Austin... Between the work on Heat, the work with Jarrett, uh, hunting for Taker, busting him open, and then all the work in the main event. He was throughout the show, and uh, he nailed it, so awesome. Um, mine's going to be like a wild card, because I was just thinking about it. Midian. There no. It is. no. Mine goes to... Jer- Billy Gunn's pants. Yeah, no, Jarrett. No, um, mine goes to Kane for taking that bump. Yep. Like, that's, that's daunting. Like, I wouldn't be like, oh, hell. So, what are you going to do? What are you going to do to me, show? I'm going to grow press you. Okay. You can do that, right? Oh, with the easy. And then I'm just going to chuck you at the ring. What? what? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Let's do it, boss. Yep. Uh, yeah. Kane taking that bump. Um, uh, Modib. Uh, Al Snow for me. He, uh, man, this, this is weird. It's not even like entertaining at this character's like the matches are fine, but his like character is just off now. Yeah, he has not aged well since the Avatar, huh? No. It's yeah, that's that's not that's a good point. Uh I was trying to be edgy, but it's Midian. Yeah. He, he was terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mine's Midian because of the fact that I mean you're not wrong. Your first title defense, you lose it already. <laughs> He's worthless. It's just, just what is his moves? Like, I just you know what I mean? I have a hard time reconciling the fact that during the hottest era that the business and this company will ever know that one of the guys competing for titles in its hottest year is Phineas Godwin. I mean, okay, cool. I don't, it's one of those things of like, you know, you know, your type of wrestlers, you have your, um, your cruiserweight, your super heavyweight, your power, this, what is, what is Midian? Middling mid Carter. But like, what's his move set? You know what I mean? Middling mid Carter. Okay. Checks out. Uh, Barry Horowitz. <laughs> lesser half of tag team. That's his actual skill set. He's the Marty Jannetty of every other tag team. Okay. Hey, Corey. Yeah. Uh, WTF. I, uh, I have to give credit and props where props is due. 
I have been incredibly low on anything WWF from the like the night after Survivor Series '98 <laughs> through like King of the Ring '99. I fucking loathe that time period. Yep. There's just so little for me to to enjoy. I will say that this was quite the bounce back as we're starting to get into the to the part of the attitude again that I at least enjoyed. Um, this was a damn good pay per view. It was okay. solid as hell. It's to me, it's easily the best pay per view we've seen since Spring Stampede '99. Yep, uh, that's three months. Did you buy it live? Uh, my friend did. I watched it later that night after I got off work. Um, and it was enjoyable. It was real good. That's my what the fuck is that? Good show, man. Good, good, mm-hmm. good effort. Good, good. I'm looking forward to SummerSlam, although I'm already tired of the Jesse Ventura stuff. Uh, well, I will second uh, Corey's WTF. Uh, my honorable mention will be for the blood at the end of the show. Jesus Christ. My God, that's that's it's just it's blood for blood's sake. There is no need for all of the blood. Somebody Vince Russo watched DCW and then hey, this looks fun. Let's just make everybody bleed, right? Everybody. I mean, Jesus fuck. Actually, are you surprised that they never pulled the plug during this era on a first blood pay per view? Or like every match is like actually blood. now that you say it, yes, yeah, yes, I am. Um, for me. I'm with you guys about having it be a good match, like a good show. Being even though you have your few couple, we needed it after Bash at the Beach, which is, I think, by the time we were done talking about it, we had conceded it was the worst mm-hmm. pay per view that we'd ever watched on this show. Yeah, which is impressive because <laughs> we had a list tagged at the end of that, and we we're like, nope, nope, still worse, still worse than all those. So but I, I, thirty-two. I thoroughly. <laughs> I thoroughly I'd watch in- Bash of the Beach. Yeah. Oh Ooh. Jesus! I thoroughly enjoyed this week's pay per view. So good show. Yeah. So this brings an end to this week's episode of the pay per view war stories. We will be coming back in two weeks for. Is it two? It's three. Three weeks. It's August like fourteenth. Fourteenth. Yeah. For, the, uh, the next month they're back to back weeks. Yeah. Oh. My favorite. Yeah. What are we doing next? The next show. Sturgis. Road Wild. WCW Road Wild. We're looking forward so far to... Uh, it doesn't sound like you are. Rodman and Rodman Savage. Rodman and Savage. Hogan and Nash. And more. A little too late? No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can follow... I, was just, I know what will help you. Mm. No Ric Flair. That doesn't help. You know, but you know what does help, though? Going to NoSoEntertainment.com to find our all of our podcasts and written words and you can listen to all of our podcasts wherever you listen to podcasts and Kane good God <laughs> <laughs>